Welcome everyone. You have landed at the Grace Eaters Anonymous podcast for compulsive eaters. If you have a problem with food, maybe we can help. On today's podcast, we have guests here who are going to help us talk about telling people that we're on Grace Sheet. It is not always easy for a myriad of reasons, one of which being it's kind of hard to discuss and describe what we do. I'm Carla. I am so grateful to be here. I'm a member of Grace Sheeters Anonymous because I'm a compulsive eater, bulimic, and um, what is the other thing? Addict. In Gray Sheet, we weigh and measure our food. From the Gray Sheet food plan, we work with a sponsor. We eat three meals a day with nothing in between, and we attend meetings to help us do this one day at a time. Our food plan is not a diet because it doesn't end when we get to a certain number on the scale or after a certain period of time. We just keep doing this one day at a time. Our guests today are Annette from Oregon, Ronnie from Long Island, and our regular sidekicks, Eileen from Taos, New Mexico, Joey from Long Island, and Miguel from Madrid, Spain. I'm from Washington State on the west coast of the United States. All right. So, you know, to the outside world, we can pass for normal in so many ways, especially when our weight is no longer an issue. Until we share a meal with someone. And then we're reminded that we what we do is not necessarily normal. Sometimes we accept an invitation that involves food and there's that thought, okay, how's this gonna go? Whenever we need to take out our scales in public, all of a sudden there are questions from people and things people ask in comments. So how do we respond? That is what we're gonna talk about. So jump in and talk about, what do you remember about the first time or times that you talked to someone about what you do with your food or what you were, or that you, you joined this 12-step community called Sheet. Well, I'll go ahead. My name's Annette and I'm a compulsive overeater and I do Sheet no matter what, just like Carla just said. Um, I weigh a measure without exception uh, from the Sheet, and it's brought me the greatest joy in my life. And I've been in gray sheets since March 9th, 1999. And um, I've maintained my weight all these years. And so when, when people ask me questions, when I was new and I had was um, close to my goal weight, I remember saying to people, if they looked skeptical or they were getting ready to criticize something about, about gray sheet, I would just say, I would just kind of say, look at me. <laughs> it's working. You've known me all these years on many diets and this is working. You can't dispute that. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm running. I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, I weigh and measure three meals a day off the gray sheet. I write it down. I call into my sponsor on time and I don't eat no matter what. And uh, this is the happiest moment of my life because of a scale because I weigh and measure three meals a day. I've been doing gray sheet for, for over 40 years. I don't remember what people's reaction. And, and I, 
And I'm, I have to tell you, it's not been for the years of back-to-back racial abstinence. My third recovery is, is 10 and a half years old. And with, with the wisdom of age, which I've got, and, and the, 12, the learnings of 12-step, I am in a place that I never knew existed. When I started, it was very obvious why I started. I got, my mother was, was an Overeaters Anonymous and she told me about Overeaters Anonymous. And out of desperation, I went to a meeting and I did none of the work. I went to a meeting once a week. I didn't make any phone calls. I, uh, there was no weighing and measuring. I picked a diet plan uh, and I stopped going. I lost, I lost some weight. The gift of desperation came back and I found Westminster. And that was gracious. And I lost my weight and the world opened up. People understood, they didn't question what I was doing because they saw results. And now when I go out to dinner, which is not frequent because I love my food more that, than I can get anywhere out. And I, I want people to ask me, what are you doing? And sadly, the thin people do, but people who could benefit from our program don't. And, and if, if I could give it away, no, no greater gift. Yes, so true. I remember Joey from Long Island. Um, wow, amazing. Um, when we bring back, the, bring back the memories, right? Do you remember? Yes, I do remember that very first time. Uh, in our meeting in Sayasa at a Thursday night, I didn't know that a bunch of gray shooters go to a diner right after the meeting. And, and someone asked me, you know, bless him. He passed away in abstinent. He was abstinent. Ooh. Uh, Joey, um, come with us, you know, come with us. Uh, we eat at the diner and we weigh and measure our food. You'll see how it goes. It took me a while. I said, no, no, because you know what? Deep in myself, I was so ashamed of what I was doing. I was so ashamed, you know, I'm not going to be here for a while. I'm not going to stay with you guys. But I trust the process. You know, I said, you know, if they'll be happy what they're doing, then I could give it a try. So I came in with them after so many, you know, asking me if they want to join. They're so nice. They didn't, it's amazing. Those people are long-term abstinence. They didn't give up. They didn't give up on me. Joey, come if you want. I came that night. I said, oh my God, they were weighing and measuring our food. They're putting plates. They're pulling these things. And, and so I was so happy. I brought my mom together. And I asked for that condiment and I said, no, we don't have that condiment. And I found out that they brought their own condiments. What a gift, right? And that was my first time. Yep, oh my God, those things that I would never forget it gave me a life beyond my wildest dreams. That is so great. Yeah, I can remember, this is Eileen. I can remember eating with my family at Thanksgiving um, my sister always had Thanksgiving dinner, um, and we would go to her house and there was lots and lots of food and lots and lots of dessert and lots and lots of everything. And 
um, I was really scared to go, not because of my sister, because I love my sister and I knew she would be okay with whatever I did. Um, she did call me and ask me what kind of food I needed to, her to have before Thanksgiving. And at the time I was living in Boston and she was in Connecticut. So, um, and I, I brought backup food, you know, that I learned how to bring back up so that I would have always have what I needed whenever I was eating out or eating with somebody else. Um, but I remember asking her for a certain vegetable, if she could have a certain vegetable um, for me and it was abstinent and um, I could eat it. And she said, oh yes, absolutely. So anyway, I remember getting there and there was the, you know, the big bird that everybody eats at Thanksgiving. And there was all this food that I didn't eat. And I was so happy to see the vegetable that I do eat, except that there were about, I don't know, it was, it was green beans. And there were about, I think about 35 green beans in the bowl. <laughs> and as you know, we eat eight ounces of cooked vegetable at a meal. So eight ounces would have been the whole bowl, maybe, and, may, and I would probably need to add more. So I was just, I was just crestfallen. You could just see it on my face. I was like, <sighs> and, and um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hurt my sister's feelings because she thought that she had everything I needed and everything. And I, I got through that meal. I stayed abstinent. It wasn't a problem, but I remember my, my um, brother-in-law looking at some of the food that I brought, which wasn't your typical Thanksgiving fare. And he just turned his nose up and I said, would you like some? <laughs> he said, no, you know, like that was, and, and so that made me feel a little bit bad. I, but I remember feeling like when Joey said he was embarrassed or ashamed of what he did, what I was ashamed of was how I looked and being fat and being out of control with my food. I never ate like a compulsive eater in front of people. I would do that on my own in secret. But here I had to bring my solution, my scale and show everybody what I was doing. And that really embarrassed me that I had to do this different thing because I couldn't, I couldn't control my food any other way. Mm. Yeah, it's good because I remember, uh... I started in Gracie just after Christmas, nearly four years ago. And uh, like a month before that, I was talking to Grace Eaters and, you know, getting my sponsor in place and getting everything ready. And I decided, okay, let's start after Christmas because it seems to be more realistic. And I, but what I did was before, during Christmas, I talked to my family uh, because, you know, being a Spanish, uh, everything social happens around food here. In this part of the of the world and uh especially with my family we we meet at least once a week to to eat together uh so i, I went through that with them and i told them look this is what i'm going to do and i could feel they were supportive because they, they were extremely worried about my overweight mm -hmm. i could feel they were they were acceptable because they you know they during the years they have seen me doing a lot of diets and 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 different programs and none of them ended up working but i could but i think this time was different because for the first time i was identifying myself as a food addict to them and i could tell 
probably my siblings were, uh, you know, more open-minded and they could understand it easily. My parents took a bit longer to really understand it. I think they were also scared of the word addiction. Mm. Uh, but I must say it was it was easier than what I expected, and I and I'm I was extremely lucky because I got immediate full support from their side. And of course, they are over the moon after all these years because they see it's working for me and it's it's improved my health uh, considerably. So, so yeah. But it was. I remember it took me. What I did in it was I I told them all together at the same time in one mm. of these Christmas dinners. And look, this is this is what I'm going to be doing, and this is what's going to happen, and this is how I'm going to be doing, and I need you to at least know it. I don't need you even to understand it or support it. I, you know, that's my problem. It's my thing, but because I see you all the time, and I'm, I'm and I eat with you all the time, uh, that's what I'm going to be doing, and that happens also a bit the same with friends. And it's been a bit of a mixed reaction. Some. In general, it was positive. Some friends uh, accepted it and they, they gave me all the support. Others, they are still in denial about this whole food addiction thing. But uh, but that's okay because at least what I learned to do is to not care about what people thought about it. Mm. Because for me, it works. Uh, it may not work for the people, but for me, it works and it has completely changed my life. So yeah, but it is... For me, it was important to to come out clean with everyone as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Wow. Well, this is so great because I, you know, getting to look back and and from and see how different it is now because I am in that place now where it's just like this is what I do. It's very matter of fact, and I'm not, you know, as reactive or really even concerned about what other people think. But that was not so for me way back when. I remember the first meal I had with my sister and brother, my sister was super supportive. I didn't have to really tell her much at all because, she, you know, I weighed 325 pounds when I came in here and I'm five foot two. So, you know, she just wanted the best for me. On the other hand, um, with a couple of other family members, I was under the delusion that um, if I just kept explaining it, the reasons why I was doing it and what it was, like I thought I would get their understanding. Well, this is, that is not so, you know, it was, uh, you know, that it's a hard thing to do in general. Someone understands if they understand and they don't, if they don't. And I, I would have been better off to take the same, uh, you know, the way I did it with my sister, which was just the bare minimum. So I have learned that, you know, I have learned that I um, and that, you know, I tell what I tell it changes based on the situation. And um, that's that's what I know. Can I add something? Please. Yes. Annette, come on in. When I was new, I remember um, being really self-conscious and and people. Uh, but I was so desperate. I was so desperate. I'd been in another food program for 12 years and I was at an all-time high weight. And when Gracie, somebody from Gracie came to my meeting and said her mantra, you know, about how we, you know, we commit our food and we don't eat no matter what and all that. I, I knew that I needed to try this. I thought I was at the last house on the block and I had to, I just, so I committed my food and um, and the first time I started eating in restaurants and things like that, because I didn't want to, I like to eat out in restaurants and I didn't want to um, have to give up being social and, and things like that. And so um, 
you know, people would say, do you have to do this forever? How long are you going to do that? And, and it's like, I want to do this. And, and even, you know, in my first week when the obsession between meals was lifted, that was a miracle. I didn't even believe I could do it for five minutes. And all of a sudden the chatter between meals was gone. And, and I felt like my higher power absolutely removed the obsession, but I was really busy trying to get it right too. There's a lot of technical, um, the mechanics of weighing and measuring and preparing and planning and all the things that we do. But uh, so I was busy with that, but I was so grateful that the obsession had been lifted and removed that, you know, I, you know, I wanted to stand on the rooftops too and tell everybody about it, but but in a restaurant, I remember being self-conscious and I, I got to where I, I used this technique. I would just kind of think I had blinders on like a horse, you know, just blinders, just don't look at people's, you know, reactions. It doesn't matter. You know, when I was eating like a, you know, like I used to eat, I didn't, you know, I was self-conscious then too, but this is doing something good for me. And, and I, I was just so grateful that I was willing to do whatever. I remember eating out uh, by myself. I, it was years ago when I was working and I had an individual can of, and there was green stuff and I was huge. And my only thought was everyone was thinking, this is before Gracie, before weighing and measuring, thinking that everyone's thinking, who is he kidding? Because here I was eating a diet platter and I'm huge. And the reason I, I, I think I knew I was kidding me. In gray sheet, the difference is, I don't, I don't, I found the answer. I found the answer. I don't feel like I'm a phony anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, weighing and measuring, I have the confidence, at the beginning, I had the confidence that I was gonna lose this weight mm -hmm. and that I was gonna start living a life beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah. How about that? That that is true for me too, Ronnie. And I think from big numbers. Well, this is great. Let's we've been dancing around this, but let's take a deep dive into the restaurant experience. What kind of things do you do you say to the? Do you tell the the uh, the restaurateur? That's not the right languaging. The the wait staff, um, and and what things do you ask of them? I love to eat out in restaurants. And the first thing I usually say is, um, you know, we weigh and measure our food because my partner does as well. We weigh and measure our food and we don't eat sugars, grains and starches. So can you accommodate that? And sometimes I've already called in advance or, or you know, we train restaurants how to actually, <laughs> we, we go to the same places, but um, what I do is um, I let them know that we'll need an extra plate because we weigh our food. And, and, and when the, sometimes a waiter or a server will kind of look at you like, oh, you're going to be a high maintenance pain in the neck. And what I do is I smile and I say, we're a little high maintenance, but we are worth it. And we tip well. <laughs> and usually, usually they like are over the top willing to accommodate. And, um, and I always take backup so that I, you know, I have like a bag of weighed and measured carrots or something like that to make my salad come up to the amount that I need and, or uh, uh, something made out of wheat germ or, or an extra protein. I mean, we, we just know how to do that, but I, I've eaten in restaurants 
through through all the years, and I've probably had three experience with three experiences where waiters were not very nice about it. You know, one was just a jerk, and but we got through it. He was he just had an attitude about it. I don't even know why, but most of them are like impressed, and it really helps even to show them before pictures. <laughs> That's another thing that we like to do. It's like yeah. we weigh a measure because this is what I used to look like. So I don't know. There are ways to get them to um, be a little more understanding. I think my favorite place is to eat at home, but. There were three places I frequent. Everyone, uh, those three restaurants know what I do. I go with people that know what I do. And uh, my favorite is a diner in Long Beach on Long Island. And mm -hmm. uh, he knows, he, he know, it's easy for me. It's easy. And I try to make it easy. And uh, he, when I tell him I'm coming, I let him know he has my greens about ready. He, he helps me weigh my protein. It's, it's, it's easy. And I feel like I'm eating at home. You know, people talking to other people about what they, uh, what they do or how, what they say to the waiters or waitresses about, you know, why they do this or what they need. And one person has said with me, I, I remember hearing her say this. She said, I do this because I break out in fat if I don't, which I thought was, a, was an interesting one. I appreciate it having in my toolbox somewhere and saying, you know, because I have a lot of allergies, you know, and I have used that on occasion. Um, I also have, um, I have a, a prescription a note from my doctor on a prescription pad that says, you know, my name and that she must carry her own personal food um, with her. And I've, I did pull that out once. And um, of course, I was hoping that would never happen. It did. And, you know, it was really awkward. For, for it was awkward and but that's another thing about abstinence I can live with awkward yeah there's a restaurant that I used to go to and I loved what they offered and I loved their abstinent food but there was never enough of it so I always had to bring back up and usually that was fine I'm, I'm very friendly and I always smile and thank them you know profusely when they give me what I need but um this one day I was with another grace shooter and she had just like a ton of backup and she, it, it was just much more obvious than it was with me. I usually, I, I usually don't bring, I bring what I need, but I try to bring the smallest amounts, you know, possible of backup. And so the, the maitre d came over and said, you can't bring your own food in here. It's against the whatever safety regulations or whatever. And and I said, oh, really? I always do this. <laughs> I come here a lot and I always, well, you're not supposed to. We can't let you do that. And, and so I haven't been back to that place, which is a shame. I mean, I'm really sad about it, but I'm, you know, I just don't, I just don't want to spend a huge amount of money to, to order all the salads I would need to make the up the ounces that I need. And it's so easy to do it my way. But anyway, that's, that's the thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm usually very nice about it when I ask, um, but I expect people to be nice back, you know? That is always what I hope for as well. It's what we want. 
I'm, I'm looking at myself the past few years that um, my self-esteem had been better because when I before I came into graduate, I was well, I still do the low. I always have problems with low self-esteem. So whenever I come to a, whenever I go to a restaurant, I remember one that that one particular day, I was with my um, my my former partner. We go out at least once a month. Um, I was actually more you know present with him when we're separated because we became very close. So we go to a restaurant once a month. And uh, he, he always starts like, oh, my, my, my friend has a special diet. So I said, you know what? I, I'm easy to deal with. That's what I said. I said, that's a low self-esteem. I'm easy to deal with. You just need to give me extra plates. You just need to give me this. You need to give me this and this. So when I started with I'm easy, then I have like a hundred things that I needed. <laughs> and I remember that, 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 that wait stop said, and you call it that easy. <laughs> and then my partner said to me, he, he whispered to me, there goes the tip. Yeah. And, and boy, I never went back to that place. Mm. But today, um, you know what? Um, I know what I want. Mm -hmm. I don't need to explain things anymore. I don't need to tell you what I do, but I'm a nice person to deal with because I like, I like, you know, I like, I, I like the way they are. Cause I, I was, I, I, I've done those jobs before mm -hmm. and I would say, I need a plate, I need this. And I ask them, uh, how do you do this? I don't even ask questions. And then if I know that it's not abstinent, I said, I move on. You know, whenever we go to restaurants, to, to any engagement or my friends, because I do this consistently. I've shown it to my family that I've been doing it for a long time. They would call me, they would text me, uncle, this is where we're going. Can you look at the website and see whether it's good for you? It could mm -hmm. always change. Yes. So when, when I do things consistently, I could see my family, you know, doing it consistently with me. And I'm going to end with this. This last Thanksgiving, one of my nephews were eating, uh, were eating uh, lunch before the, you know, the dinner. Um, and he, he just said to me, uncle, you've been doing this for such a long time and you're still doing it, right? Of course, you know, see, I remember uncle, when uh, when we go out to restaurants, I would hold your hand and you can even walk, you know? <laughs> and that's amazing how life trans, you know, transform into a ways that like what Ronnie was saying, a life that I never thought it exists, you know? Amazing. But um, it, it starts by with that scale. You know, what a concept, right? A scale could change the way I am right now, could change the way I could be, to be the person that I could be and not the person that I thought that I was, you know? Yeah. How about you, Miguel, all the way to the other cross country? Well, uh, funny enough, my first ever graced meal was in a restaurant because my yes. sponsor is from the UK and he happened to be in Madrid when I was starting. So he said, okay, yes. he took me out. And it was okay. I mean, just the, we did that. I mean, we just got the, uh, told the waiter, look, we wouldn't need these things because we follow a special food program or diet or something we said. And funny enough, because I, I think in the States, you are more used to like huge portions in restaurants. So you may not have that problem, but here in Spain, portions are more uh, human scale. Probably. <laughs> so, uh, normally if I eat out, I may, I have to order two salads. 
in order to get all the food I need. Or, so in the end, they're usually quite happy because I end up paying a lot of money. So, so I mm. never had any problem. And I, I've been eating out a lot. I've been traveling a lot. I, I used, especially before COVID, I used to travel a lot for work and cross the, the Atlantic and be in planes and trains and hotels. And I never really had any big issue. It's just the key for me was to, and, and another one I think was saying before, is you have to have your backup. You have to, to get prepared for anything. You have to be ready for any, any, any possible problem. And if you, if I rarely never use my backup, but knowing is there makes the whole experience more because I don't worry. I don't have to worry about what will happen if I no, if they don't have the food they need. Because I have my backup here. I have my thing. I think I, I probably in four years use it like three, four times. Uh, and you know, it's it's just a matter of of yeah. You need, of course, you need to change the way you eat and you need, you cannot uh, do things the way you were doing before. Your life changes and the way you deal with food is different. You know, one of the hardest things was for me was when I would go um, somewhere for dinner where people were preparing the dinner and what do I say to them, you know, ahead of time and at the, you know, so in ahead of time, I would always talk to whoever was cooking and say, you know, I have this special food plan. So um, the, the best thing I can tell you is just try to think plain for me. So I can't probably eat your fancy sauces and, you know, and combinations of food. It's better for me if everything's separate and plain, <laughs> and then I'll add whatever seasoning I need. But one time I remember going someplace and this person thought she was making everything exactly something I could eat but it had some kind of gluten-free crust on it, you know? And I'm like, no, I can't, I, I'm sorry. Thank you for trying, but I can't eat this. You know, nobody else wanted it either, I guess. But um, yeah, so that's the hard thing, you know, like I made your favorite whatever from the life when I was eating sugar and grains and, and I can't eat that anymore. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I, I get a craving if I start to eat those things. If I just have one little dessert something that somebody made just for me, I go back and I have a craving that I have to fulfill and I have to eat more and more and more of it. This is part of what I know about myself as a compulsive eater. They might think, oh, what, what's a bite? That won't, you know, what's the harm? But I know what the harm is. So I need to say, no, I'm sorry. I don't do that anymore. I don't eat that anymore. And, um, and let the chips fall where they may. I, yes. I have become the perfect guest. I bring my own salad and my own vegetables. And <laughs> I bring a separate bowl to eat it in. And, and normally, you know, I find out what the protein is. If not, I have my weight and measure protein with me. So I'm, I'm the easiest and most important, I, I'm, I rather eat my food. So bringing it, bringing it with me, and I, I have no worries. I have no worries. I love it. And my routine, my, my three weighed and measured meals a day are such an important part of my routine. And I heard so long ago that, that life happens in between my meals. And that's how my life is today. Mm -hmm. yes yes I you know I um 
I've never been a big restaurant person in abstinence, uh, or I should say, I don't, I don't often eat the, at them because I, um, you, you know, it's, 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 uh, people, um, people practice, you know, PhD style, meaning, you know, needing to send things back over and over again, when it comes, you know, those kinds of things, when it comes out with the sauce or needing to order more food or whatnot, I see people do it beautifully and elegantly, et cetera, with all kinds of grace. Um, however, I find that I can be more present and enjoy all the things that I enjoy, about being with people both at my table and just watching all the people around me or the beautiful view or what have you, if I, you know, have a cup of coffee or, or whatever, and I, um, you know, depending on where I'm at, I sometimes will have my meal before, or I'll have my meal after, or I have also, um, uh, increase the number of picnics I have, you know, a bring your own situation. And um, so there's that. So along the lines, yes, let's talk more if you're, if you're, if you would about what it's like to go to other people's houses and when, you know, or that when they've asked you repeated or, you know, you've had repeated repeat offenders that keep just like Eileen was saying, you know, that that just wants so badly to be able to feed you something. Oh yeah, I, I, I'll jump in with that. Hmm, it's not actually the offender, but they 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 do it out of their heart. So my story was that that was just a few years ago. My brother, I, I used to make all the food in my family. Then I stopped. You know, I, I still do. You know, but not as much as I used to be. Like I always need to do everything that I had. So my brother volunteered to do that that besides the bird that we do on Thanksgiving, he makes the, the, you know, the, the meat protein that you baste and you bake it for a couple of hours. And when he came in, uh, when I came in, he said, oh, I made you your, that was my favorite. You know, you slice it, you know, or it's like spiraled. And I made you your favorite. Yeah, that, what was that? It was that. And how did you do that? I asked, oh, I did it with this. And then you did it with this juice. Said, oh God. And I just, I just, I was just like, okay. And I said, you know, I can't have to choose, but I'm so touched that you made this. And he was so sad. But I have to live with my true self. You know, I have to say that, you know, I can't have that, but I really, really appreciate that you made that for me. And I don't know, he, he, he got over that. Because he never made that in our, in our things. Well, he's going to do it now. But I don't eat that meat anymore. But it, it doesn't matter. I still love them. And we have this. It's not about the food anymore. And going, I, I want to go back to that restaurant. So we, I, I usually go to the city. with. My, I don't have kids. My kids are my nephews. I make it a point to go to Manhattan once a month or wherever they want to go. So we were in the village, fancy village restaurant, you know. So uh, I know they, they like somebody said, you, your their service are so small. So I made the vegetables like some of my vegetables are, you know, the the vegetable substitute, and I make it fancy, like it's almost like a, a dessert that I do. So um, after after the restaurant, we went to a famous um, um, gelato place. 
an expensive one in the village. So, and they have their thing, which I cannot, I have my tea and I put up my vegetable, it, put it, I, I make it fancy. You know, I, I wear nice, I have a nice bag, you know, I have a small scale. So I put it fancy, I, we were eating. And then this guy across us, he was telling his wife, I want what that young guy has. <laughs> Order me to have. I remember that. And my nephews were saying, "No, you ain't gonna get my uncle's dessert." <laughs> so I just want to add that up. It was so funny. That's, that's how we are, you know. Plan, prepare, protect, and pray. Right? That he doesn't grab my food. There you go. My, yes. my nephew. My nephew once tried to take something off my plate after mm. it was weighed and measured. He, he almost lost the finger. He has never forgotten that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we always share, right? We're supposed to share. Mm -hmm. Well, what I've noticed is, what I've figured out in all these years is food is love. And so my mom, you know, wants, you know, people want, to share food because that's one way of how they show love. And, and so they try so hard to accommodate. And through the years, we've just, I've just had to teach them, you know, that, you know, don't worry about me. I, I'll take care of myself. You know, I appreciate it. And I love, and, and, you know, when they make something and they, they've watched me and just observed and they think they have it down and they, I get there and they say, Oh, I made this. And, you know, just like, uh, you know, other people have experienced where you get there and it's like they they use some kind of ingredient that we can't have or they mixed it with some vegetable thing or whatever. And they've they've tried so hard and they're so happy to that to, to make this for us and then we can't eat it anyway. So what I do is I just take care of myself and and you know like we my work part uh, when I in my last job every year at St. Patrick's Day, they do a St. Patrick's dinner and we always got together. And, and after the very first time when I couldn't eat the protein because of something she, you know, um, dr drizzled over it or whatever you call it, um, she just held mine aside. So she always, you know, she, she learned that and she always said, here, Annette, here's your portion over here. You know, I did this to it and just like, you know, is abstinent for you and so you can have this and and people just love to that's how they show love hmm. um, i think you are you are you're very very right i mean my mom god bless her she was her first frustration was that that she couldn't cook for me anymore so she took a lot into learning how to cook the food for me mm -hmm. and she made her own list and things and you know she was, she was like training herself because for yeah. her it was like unthinkable not to cook for you know his yeah. or her son. <laughs> Oops. By the way, I just want to say I love your mom, and I I'm looking forward to see you, your mom, cooking for us when we go to Spain. Sorry about that. I just have to say that, Eileen. <laughs> Can I add something? I wanted to also say that Gray Sheet for me has been assertiveness training. And it's, it's an opportunity that insecurity that I used to feel now is like, this is what I do. And I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm not ashamed. It's, it's just what I do. And this is how I love myself. And I don't always go into all that, but it's taught me to be assertive and to speak up. And, and people, um, I find oftentimes are supportive of that. And yeah. it's a good thing. 
I think about the freedom I have today because of a scale. And and I'm not going, you know, if, if someone's feelings are hurt and it's not my intention, I'm not giving up. I am not giving up how I feel today. Yeah. And I look terrific. Let's not forget, I look terrific. If only this could be video and not audio, people. He's <laughs> not lying, it's for sure. And I heard, I heard somewhere that gray sheet is the highest form of self-love, and I believe that. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Just recently, I visited my sister in Rhode Island, and um, she's the one who used to cook the big turkey Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and um, we don't we don't mention food by name if anybody's listening and they're wondering why we're calling things funny, funny descriptions. Um, but my sister asked me to make her a list and send it to me of the food that I would need while I was visiting her. And I just, the, there was just such a warm, warmth in my heart. And I said, yes, I'm going to need a container of plain yogurt. <laughs> my favorite is brown cow. Right. <laughs> you know? And I need you know, the biggest this kind of apple and all that kind of stuff. And it was such a loving thing. And it was easy for her because she said, I just want to have what you need. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a loving thing to say. So we've talked a little bit about this. Does, does, has anybody created what might be called an, you know, their elevator pitch, the, 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 the piece that just kind of rolls off your tongue most easily when you're um, talking about Gracie? Go ahead, Annette. I like to just say this is, you know, just all, this is a 12 step program for carbohydrate, sen carbohydrate sensitive people. And uh, we, we commit our food daily. We don't eat it between meals, no matter what. And we have a sponsor, we go to meetings. Not only do we get to, um, you know, lose weight or, you know, maintain an opt, you know, a fabulous optimum weight that's healthy, but we get to work on ourselves too. It's a wonderful program and it comes with this community that is, you know, I think is almost as good as the abstinence itself is the community that comes with it. We have so much support and love and in our meetings and even on Zoom, we are so connected. And um, there's nothing that I can, that I, go through that somebody else hasn't been through before and is willing to help me or walk me through it. And if my sponsor doesn't know something, you know, she asks her sponsor or somebody else. And we're just, it's, it's such a tight knit program. I just love the community in Gracie and um, it's saved my life. And I'm so, so grateful. It's, and it's not just about my physical body. It's about who I am, learning to love myself and uh, just live my best life, I guess, as Oprah would say. <laughs> I, I always thought I was the only one until gray sheet, until meetings. I thought no one else experienced what I did. And, and the fellowship and the, listening to other people and the fact that I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. uh, and that it, it, it really is a disease, that it mm. really is a disease and it's not a character flaw. It's mm. not that there's something wrong. 
I'm an addict and that's a disease. And it's funny if I, if I, you know, someone says, oh, just have one, just have, most people are ex-smokers. And I explain, I say, have a cigarette, have a cigarette. <laughs> Let me know about it. I, I never had one of anything in my life. Yeah. Yes. I had an occasion, I moved to a, a community not too long ago. And so I had a lot of T chances to talk about what I do with my food. And it was not easy for me initially, but I say I'm in recovery from an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm in, in, in recovery for, um, uh, 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 what do I say? Um, <laughs> for, uh, compulsive overeating um, and binging and bulimia. And, you know, and I've been doing it for a while and this is what works for me. Sometimes I'll say, um, I, this is not original, just so you know, something about what I, what we do is very specific in content and quantity and, um, and it's what works for me. And somehow I, it's, uh, it seems solid for me to say that that line about content and quantity oh. and, um, and it was very, very helpful in my, and it's also for me being able to set this new situation up where I told people who I am about what I did with my food, I've never had it feel so comfortable to show them who I am, you know, in my dealings. And that is, I mean, that is one of the 755 miracles of gray sheet abstinence. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I find too, when you're talking to people about gray sheet is to just keep it really simple. Cause I used to try to tell everybody, yeah, I had this big problem and I was this much overweight and I was always on diets and it, my whole life, I, it, they don't really care. They just want to know why are you doing this weird thing, you know? And so two things, one is I just say, yeah, I do this. I have a, a problem with food. And this is the way I take care of it. And I've been doing it since 1995. So they'll say, oh, is it like South Beach? I'm like, no, because <laughs> South Beach <laughs> 30 to 50 pounds. And I've been doing this since 1995. And I hope I always do it because I really like the food that I eat. So whatever, you know, whatever simple little thing I can say, and then they'll say, oh, it's so healthy. I should do that. And I, I look at him, I go, probably not. <laughs> probably don't have to do this, you know. Oftentimes when somebody asks me about gray sheet and they, oh, I want to do that, you know, because they just, that you can tell they're those people that want to try every single diet. And I'll, and, and you just kind of get a, you kind of have a sense that they're not really serious. And so I, sometimes I try to even almost, I don't know if I try to talk them out of it, but I say it's for really desperate people. Not, you know, most people that just want to lose 10 pounds, you know, do, you know, there's a lot easier things to do than, you know, than this, but it's not that this is hard. It's just, um, it takes a commitment and it takes surrender. And, and I guess that's what it is. Sometimes I, I notice that somebody just wants a quick fix. And this is about people that are desperate. It's about people that are so desperate they'll go to any length to do this because it's not just for sissies. It's, there's some commitment here. And, um, and so I'll actually say, oh, you know, you, this probably 
you know, does it work for you? And, and it's funny, sometimes people, it's like the carrot, you know, if, if you're trying to get somebody to do it, and, and then it, it's heartbreaking when somebody really needs it, and then they, you can see that they're not surrendered, and, and they want it really bad, but yeah, they're, they're having a hard time surrendering. There's just something, you know, that psychic change that that's not happening. And we can't yeah. bottle that and sell it. And I wish I could. There are so many people that want what we have. Right. But I'm just grateful. And you never know where we'll be here if they're ready when they get ready. <laughs> Sometimes people think it's about willpower and they'll say, you have such willpower. And I know that I don't, I don't, I, and so what I say is I'm willing, I'm just willing, I'm willing to do this. And, um, I, what I have is willingness. I don't have willpower. When, when I, I say to people, if, if I had willpower, I could have one. I don't. I don't have willpower. There is, yeah, mm -hmm. I can't. I cannot do one. Mm. Somebody asked me. Um, well, whenever I go to my yearly, you know, gatherings with my cousins, you know, you know, and they see the difference, they would always ask me, "Oh, you still do that? That that way? Everything that you eat? Yeah. So, uh, how do you do this? You know, how do you do that? And when I explain it to them. You'll see all of a sudden that you are talking to them, and all of a sudden they're on the other side of the house. They're talking to another person anymore. So now I don't I don't do that anymore. So to the newcomer, to, to those who are just starting, uh, from my experience, right? I I just want to say that don't be hard on yourself, you know, because I was so hard on myself that I want to prove that I'm so good about myself, and that was a good experience for me. You know, there are things that you might not want to do this. There are things that you, you, you're you so enthusiastic. You're like in pink cloud. There's things that somebody said to me in talks the program, you know what, Joey, it gets better. It gets hard. It gets better. Then it gets real. Mm -hmm. So the real part is that uh, I need to understand, and, and I hope you understand that too, that if you're in a situation that you don't know what to do, just don't go back to the food. Pick up the pick up the phone, mm. you know. Or you're in doubt, you know. Just just don't do that. And it took me a while to understand that, because I would say, you know what? No, forget it. I'm just gonna go back to what I used to do. But then I I pick up I pick up my sponsor's phone. I call somebody, you know, or I I I did something that I thought that I made a mistake. I would call somebody. I need to take it out from my mind. And that's that's what abstinence is all about. Yes, we weigh it perfectly. If it's four ounces, if it's one cup, yes. But when you said something, that something went with your thing and you don't know what to do, let somebody decide it for you. You know, I call it my higher power moment. You know, that's that's what I do. So yeah, amazing, you know, amazing that we do this together. Well, I feel like we could talk forever, but heck, I've got lunch coming. Does me too, me too, me too. Does anybody have any anything they they want to wrap with? Any extra words or I guess I just want to say that it's not so much what we say, you know, it's just I'm paying more attention to what the person that I'm talking to, what they're doing, because 
if they're, if they love me and they care about me, they're going to be fine with this eventually. And if somebody isn't, if somebody needs to put me down or try to change my mind, I never have to eat with them again. (laughs) I just never do. With eating with other people now, and a lot of times I don't eat with other people. I'll, I'll, I'll sit with a cup of coffee while they are eating. I am actually with them where I never was before because all I was thinking about when I was eating with them is there more. Yeah. And will they leave it? Will they leave something over? And and I was just yeah. thinking about more. I was not. Now I am with them. The freedom I have today, and I, I'm, I, because of a scale, I mm. never knew that could happen. And and it's the happiest moment of my life, kids. Well, thank you. Ronnie for Ronnie stepped up at the last minute and yes. thanks Annette for being here and enduring some snafuing if you will <laughs> this podcast has been a recording to discuss the fundamentals and the basics of gray sheet abstinence we support a vigorous and positive attitude towards gray sheet abstinence which includes three weight and measured meals a day with nothing in between but black coffee tea or diet soda if you're interested in knowing more about gray sheeters anonymous please go to our website at graysheet.org that's gray g-r-e-y If you have questions that you'd like us to answer on the podcast, please send a voice recording to org. Be well.